Welcome to NFT Tales, our podcast to talk about our adventures in NFT land and the current events in the NFT world. My name is Jonathan Smith. And I'm Jeremy Craig. This is episode 14 of the podcast titled Always Be Copying. In this episode, we plan to discuss some current events, what we're really excited about in NFTs, and then we're going to have the first story of the year related to the Mooncats. I'm so excited about this, Jeremy. You know I've been wanting to do a Mooncat story from day one. And as we learn in the Twitter spaces, I have the right to. So let's get into it. Cloud nine. All right. So let's talk a little bit first about some NFT news that's going on, Jeremy. Um, so biggest news of probably the weekend has got to be the open sea hack, right? Oh, yeah. I definitely think that dominated, you know, Twitter feeds, Discord channels. I, I, I felt like I was getting an Amber alert on my phone because I was getting so many messages um, telling me how to revoke permissions and what the suspected um, culprit or cause was. So, yeah, it was definitely, definitely big news. Um, I don't know that we really even know, you know, what it is, right? Like, there, there's still just total speculation as to what the whole kit and caboodle is. I mean, we can get around to that, that the post-mortem isn't there yet, but I, just the experience, let's talk a little bit about what it was in the moment. It all felt like we were kind of like huddled down in a bomb shelter or something like that, right? Like mm-hmm. running around, I paid, you know, hundred something dollars in gas to revoke every single thing ever. Like I got to admit between me and you, I'm kind of glad that this happened because then I get on the, the little, you know, the revoke app in on Etherscan. I'm like... Oops, I still got SOS in there. <laughs> Oops, I still got. <laughs> and so I'm probably not the only one out there that was like, oh, there's a couple extra stuff, you know. So, yeah, you know, even me, I'm not as careful as I should be. Uh, it comes to I think I had two positions. pages. So, I mean, hey, you want to talk about permissions? <laughs> I sat there and looked at it like, holy crap. I didn't know I was supposed to be revoking these. You know, maybe that was an educational opportunity for everyone to figure that out. But uh, but it was kind of sad in the moment. You know, it, it, I was really scared about what that would maybe mean for nfts and the whole market if mm. there was some sort of wider open sea hack but then as you said as it progressed to the night it became about being you know that these people were in some phishing scam and then later it became you know open sea put out the statement that kind of goes in the other direction what i really want to talk about and i i'm outright disappointed in the nft community jeremy that okay. night whenever I, I read some twitter threads from people that got hacked And some pretty respectable people saying, no, I went through my emails. I don't see anything like it. I mean, it's not like an email can delete itself for crying out loud, right? Right. And even if people are skeptical, we should at least be empathetic. We should at least be willing to, you know, have our heart out for these people. Instead, I saw kind of tweets like, hey, by the way, if you got rugged by a phishing scam, time to change your JPEG or whatever. Like, that that's not cool. And I know that's part of it is, like, we're sitting there like animals at the zoo going at each other. But as you as I've said many times, I really think that NFTs are the heart of crypto. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of upsetting to me to, to see that happen. So I agree. I mean, that's definitely not what you want to see. Um, I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit and agree with you in principle, but then say, you know, you also kind of see a little bit of the flip side with, you know, the groups like the Honeys and some of the other people that asked for advice on how to take care of the community and, you know, advice on hard wallets and other things. So they banded together in a time of um, fear and, and uncertainty versus attacking. So there there are two different camps there, right? And, and you know, you, you don't want to let a few bad apples spoil the whole bushel, but we definitely don't need to be slinging 
um, arrows and stones at people when this is happening. We do need to show empathy and compassion and, and then come together because, like you said, that revoke cash and, and some of the EtherScan um, workarounds a lot of people didn't know about. And now there's pinned tweets and threads and white papers that people have made, you know, explaining that so that if it does happen again, you know, people are more educated. So I was actually impressed with the amount of notices I got from Discord and Twitter that said, revoke permissions, do this, spin the ether if you have to. Some people were like, I don't have the ether in my you know, wallet to revoke all the permissions. And if they were in a specific Discord, some of the Discord members would say, how much do you need? And I mean, I saw people throwing you know, small amounts of ether at other wallets just to give them the opportunity to, to revoke those permissions. So I, I did see some things that I didn't like, but um, fortunately, uh, you know, on the flip side, there was just enough good stuff to kind of... Um, at least kind of distract us a little bit, I guess, you know, it did know make it us equal. all come together at the very least. I'll give you to, I'll give that to you. It did, it did kind of give us something to rally around and yeah. it, you know, it, it's always nice to see good things happen in the space because bad things can happen. So the next thing we got to talk about is mm. crypto chicks. So me and Jeremy, we like to be upfront about where we stand on things. Kind of like quote unquote, what our bags are. I really hate in this industry about how people get on others for talking about, quote-unquote, their bags. Because let's be honest, we all have some kind of JPEG in our wallet, or we wouldn't be in this, we wouldn't be doing it. And we are excited about those particular, you know, that art, that NFT, for a reason. And so you yes, do research on it. Why would you, you talk know about, about a JPEG it? Yeah. you don't have? Yeah. And I get it. It gets a little, I don't know, um, a multi-level marketing-y that we're all kind of pushing our own little thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if, if it's about pushing something that's helped you, what you found, you know, makes you better. I don't know. I, I think it's a big thing. But anyway, crypto chicks. So you, you tell this story, Jeremy. You're a little closer to it than me. Yeah. So disclaimer, we both held multiple crypto twi- chicks, sorry, um, and actually had to exit our holding before any of this found out. But um, it turns out that, you know, the the artist of crypto chicks was um, had used a previous artist's Google images and traced and copied them as practice and had kind of developed an artistic style that was based a lot around, you know, another artist because they were learning. I mean, it it was like the textbook that they used to, to become an artist. So it, um, you know, I don't even want to drop names and stuff and try to make this like about anything other than she was heavily influenced to the point. Drop names. So, I mean, the, the, the original artist, MS Polly, basically said she came out and then was, you know, using Amanda's art as training. And it, it was too identical, like too close. Like the, she's no longer the artist on the project. And, you know, the devs have taken over the project and they're even talking from what I've seen. There's rumors about them trying to get Amanda, the actual original artist, um, involved with the project so that um, she can get the credit she deserves. So it. You know, as a community, they're doing well. They're trying to attack it front on, but it, it, it's the same scenario that you talked about. Some people are getting defensive because it's a project they like and they're attacking anybody that asks questions. And then there's some people that are actually answering questions and help um, shine light on the scenario and trying to make the best situation out of this possible outcome. So I guess tonight is like me having the big heart night because what I originally thought about was all those people that got into crypto chicks that maybe were first of the space. I think it was a very approachable NFT project, the way it was presented mm-hmm. as like, you know, and so that definitely kind of makes me sad that there might be some people that kind of got rugged out of this that maybe don't come back around to NFTs. But, I, you know, there it wasn't, you kind of got into it and, it and it's one of those situations where 
buyer beware, you know, um, we, we have all this faith and all these people. And that's why I kind of want to get to the point where I'm investing more in projects where there is a previous project, you know, early in this podcast, first couple episodes, I talked about how I didn't like those gen two type NFTs. Now I'm all about them. Give me the gen twos because they had a successful gen one. And so they'll do it again. And, and it's also nice when, when part of this narrative, you know, this narrative got did a lot of it was because, you know, it was that the first woman led, you know, woman created NFT, and that wasn't even true, right? Like the the Stacys, as I found out later on, was actually the first one in this space. Yeah, predated yeah. The first that I could find. And not that this kind of thing matters, you know, like who's first, who's not. I like it personally for a historical novelty aspect. I'm sorry, podcast listeners. I'm nerdy. I'm going to like whatever the first thing in the blockchain is or whatever. But so many people get defensive about where the value is. But if that's how you're trying to sell your project and that's where you think some of the value is, then it's one of those deals where it, it it's all kind of built on sand somewhat, right? And so I, I feel feel for the people that are part of that, but it was kind of a really blatant thing. And oh, it, it, I to to add a little bit of extra layers to the blatancy before we move on because I don't want to beat a dead horse. But there's an original, you know, line where there were one of ones, and those were blatant. A couple of those were blatant copies, and there's even a baby line that they were going to release with some capsule, something or other. And apparently, even the art on the babies was Amanda's as well. So I mean, oh my it, gosh, it, it was like a tertiary thing. It was three different layers, and that that's really what kind of was a final slap in the face for me was I understood, you know, practicing art because I'm not artistic. So if I traced pictures and that's what I did to learn and that's how you learn, like I don't know anything about the artistic development side of this. But when it was like three different lines, it was and I think that's why she stepped away. You know, I mean, it was better for the project and the project could still do well from it. I mean, who are we to say it's not going to? Amen. I don't want to talk down. And I've seen people that still want to be part of that community, still want to do it. And I'm not going to be like a right click saver and say that the thing you like is dumb. I will never do that. We're just no. talking about it. It was just a news item. Um, obviously, your, some things happen there. But your biggest point has always been we're here to have fun. And if anyone tells you anything other than that, you tell them to kiss your ass because you're here to have fun. You know, I love that that uh, in the in the cryptodes discord, the the main mod there. I've been thinking about him a lot. I think he's kind of a visionary in the space about building a community. That's why the vibe train happened and that whole rise crash cryptos happened. And he has a saying that you need to buy, no, love what you buy, buy what you can afford and expect nothing out of anyone. And I absolutely love that. I really think it's about appreciating what's in front of you, appreciating the people around you that are appreciating it with you. You know, this is time that we'll all look back on and go, it's amazing that I was part of this and I knew these people and we were sitting there doing all this stuff on ETH layer one. Just the fact that we're doing all this stuff on ETH layer one, like our children can be like, wait a minute, you did JPEGs on ETH layer one. It cost a million bucks or what I said, probably, you know, to, to use ETH layer one right now. What are you talking about? And it's like, yeah, we had fun back then. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so wait a minute, you did point one on something, dad. Yeah. And I flipped it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it'll, it'll be, it'll be stories. And I think that one thing that I, I, the narrative in the constant kind of news cycle that goes around NFTs sometimes doesn't take enough time to sit and appreciate why we like the pictures, why we like the art, why we like the people, why we like the community. And so before we get into the story, um, uh, before uh, let's, let's talk real quick, Jeremy. So what have you been excited about in the NFT world? 
Oh man, you know it's got to be the NBA All Star Weekend and NFL All Day. So it, it's it's my Ooh. you know yeah regular weekly dapper roundup. I know you're as excited about that NFL All Day as I am. That I mean, seeing those rares, I, I didn't realize the scarcity um, in play there because not all the packs have been released. So a lot of these are really scarce prints. You know, like four ninety nine, five ninety nine, eight ninety nine, twelve hundred prints, but. They have 30 or 40 total releases in the pack. So now that the market's open, you're not talking about a 1 to 800. You're talking about a 1 to 50 right now. Yeah, there's going to be more packs, but you don't know when. You don't know which ones they're going to be distributed in. So it there's a lot of fresh action on the market, um, which was hot for us. And then, honestly, the NBA killed it on All-Star Weekend. Yeah, I've had, I talked to someone at work about that today. It's just that th- this was the challenges and all that that people really wanted to be a part of right now. Oh, yeah, and they did good. I think there were seven active challenges. So they had like one for each game. They had one for each challenge, um, like the skills competition, the three-point competition, the dunk, um, the sophomore rookie game, and then the actual um, all-star game. And then the all-star game this year was was a riot. I mean, uh, Steph Curry had like 15 threes and 50 points. He was hitting threes from half court and turning around before the ball even went in the basket. So it was... um it was entertaining, you know, to say the least. The dunk competition was kind of um, a letdown. We had a lot of high flyers, uh, and they they didn't really get to put the dunks down that we wanted them to. Um, I guess the highlight of the dunk competition was Jalen Green came out with his, um, I think it was an MGLE, it might be the silver, but he came out with his top shot moment on a gold necklace. Um, although it wasn't until NBA top shots. We made it. Yeah, we made it, but well, it wasn't until Top Shot's uh, summation the following day that we got credit because D. Wade said that Green had signed a contract with Coinbase and called it some Coinbase NFT. So us in the Top Shot world were like, oh, we quickly came out and were like, no, it was actually a Top Shot. It was his debut Top Shot moment, et cetera, et cetera. So it, um, I think there's like eight or nine challenges that went on because they also had the hollow and the MGLE challenge that hadn't expired yet. So it, it was a fantastic week. They had QR codes on TV during the games that were giving you um, a chance to enter an all-star competition where you would get tickets to the all-star game for five consecutive years. So it, it was, you know, big, big stuff in, in, you know, top shot land. It seems like uh, I have to admit I'm getting kind of excited, not just about top shots, but everything in that entire flow ecosystem. Um, I've been interacting with people online and especially around the baller, you know, because I have that bar, ballers follow ballers. Hey, baller fam, absolutely love y'all. And I think as part of it, you see, I see so many people that it like the ballers is their first PFP, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. or one thing I've been really focused on recently is I've seen so many children that the ballers is their like their first PFP. And that seems a little crazy to me, like to buy my kid a eighteen hundred dollar whatever PFP. But it not that not really. You know, if if they're gonna if that is how you introduce them to the market. You know, one thing me and you've talked about is recently I've been thinking about using some of my Gen 2 uninterested unicorns and passing those out among children in my family so they can learn about staking, so they can learn about tokenomics, because it has, you know, this nice kind of wrapper around it with the questing and the arts queued and all that. But I'm, I'm constantly thinking about, like, what is the best NFTs to onboard people into this space that are from that younger demographic that are going to get into it anyway? Um, and I, I really feel like what's happening with Dapper Labs and in that flow blockchain area that it, it's, it's, it's excellent. I love how 
I mean, it basically is blockchain with training wheels. I saw some tweet this week that was like how everything's human readable. And I'm just going like, okay, this is great. As long as we can just all admit this is not a real blockchain. Like a blockchain does not send you an email saying it's going to have a scheduled downtime. I'm sorry. I, I, I still, yeah. I'm going to be gushing about that. Okay. So, so let's not like play the flow is going to replace ETH game or something like, no, but you know what I love about flow is I barely hear any of that. I mean, there's a couple people that are nah, 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 the gas is nothing will beat ETH and all that, but you hear more poly people almost than you do flow people. Most of them are focused on their sneakers, their ballers and all that. So that's the last thing I'm going to talk about uh, related to that that I'm excited about. So the ballers got the sneakers. Really oh, yeah. excited about my sneakers. I got two pairs. One of them's got spurs. Oh, Baby's man. got spurs speakers on. Uh, so um, I, I'm pretty excited about that. I Out of the different non... It's easily my favorite non-ETH NFT right now. Except for, oh, I guess, yeah. that Kamara for crying out. Ooh, rare Kamara. But second favorite non-ETH Yeah. <laughs> oh, but anyway. Uh, other things I'm excited about this week. So Jeremy knows I've gotten really deep into the Huntings project this week. I just really like the people that come around that project. Um, I love discords where not talking about the floor is kind of what the vibe is. That's part of the reason why I got on the cryptos and I still like being represented by cryptos on the internet is because I like that vibes thing. I don't want to just talk about price action and complaining about where floors are all day and all that sort of stuff. And so um, not that discords that do that are bad. It's just that, you know, I just wanted to change pace myself. So that's that's been nice. And I love the mm-hmm. art and the artist behind it's been great and very approachable. I um she'll she allows you to come up and ask direct questions. Um, you know. And then speaking of which, speaking of devs and artists being approachable, we have to come back. <laughs> Whew, that Twitter spaces this week with Ponda where that 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 was incredible for me. Um, I just yeah, want to say up front. So we did talk about earlier as far as like being the podcast and all that. So if y'all caught it live, let us know. I'm still trying to figure out how to remix it and in, in, you know in, into the series. But at the time being, I just gotta say, if if anyone is was on there is listening right now, thank you very much for jumping on. That really meant a lot to me to get to talk with my favorite developers. You know about that this project that I've literally gushed about since the first episode. Right. Mm -hmm. And to hear that pause listens and likes some of my stories or whatever. I mean, I made it. Oh my gosh. Shout out to pause. If you're listening like blush or something right now, because you, you made my year. Okay. Like, Whew, I probably hope you like the story later really on. Being honest, don't try to downplay it. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so true. I absolutely love Mooncaps fan, but it was, but there was more than that. I thought the conversation was excellent. I loved getting into what the actual rights for the Mooncats was. I was very revealing to learn about how they thought ahead and the rights of that protect your Mooncat also extend to all the accessories on the mooncats if you use official accessories you're not going to get rugged where you know like something part of your chain or whatever makes it so you lose your mooncat just how they talked about it is about being proactive so people could protect their cats i just think it's a great thing you know i i love seeing what people do around the mooncats i can't wait to see where people go and do more around the mooncats 
I'd love to see Cat Dad do that movie about the Moon Cats. I don't know if this is a joke or something. He's got me all hyped about it. But that that Please made my week. Please don't be a joke, Cat Dad, because that's all he wants to talk about. Secondary <laughs> is that movie. <laughs> and like, what can I do to get my cat in that movie or whatever? I'll sign that's a waiver, right. buddy. But anyway, uh, but that was there was a really engaging conversation. I really enjoyed getting to be a part of it. Um, I I can't believe that that we got to do something like that, man. I mean, seriously, I, I I know in this space, everyone defines their own success. Like, Oh, I minted out or, you know, I got a thing that went to 17 ETH or something like that. And, and I told it or not or whatever. Like everyone's defined their own success. My, my, my success was sitting down and having moon cat devs talk to me about something that I think a lot of people should be talking about more. And then seriously, knowing that you listen to my story, that's awesome. Thank you, boss. I really, I really appreciate that. So, um, so anyway, uh, I think that that's something we need to be talking about more in this space. I really hope going forward that media rights become something that is part of the regular conversation. I actually got to talk proactively and not reactively. Don't and wait not until after the someone fact. asks about it. Yeah, you know, one thing that's good about the ETH space is is that there are these standards in the ETH space that are kind of somewhat followed where you do see these sorts of at least not as good as Mooncats with the license and all that, where that a lawyer wrote, you know, because by the way, I feel that no one of the devs is a lawyer. So it's like legit. Um, but uh, that was part of what we learned on the Twitter spaces. But like, I just see ones where, you know, they do a good job or something like that. And there's a standard built around it. I actually got to talk to, um, the, the honey's dev, uh, Stacy's about this. So I got to talk to two devs this week about me, right? Yay for me. I'm such a nerd. <laughs> and, and she said that she based what her rights were, which I've always thought were pretty good. Um, that's part of the reason why I, you know, I got into that project. Um, cause you know, that's one of my standards. I don't touch projects without it. And she said that she basically copied Barry area yacht club and was inspired by how they approach the right. So I, I, one thing I'll give Bay area yacht club a lot of credit for. If there's any fans out there, uh, Man, that really set a standard and that put us on a good path in this industry for such a flagship product to have such a good application of usage and media rights. It's not perfect, but that just the fact that it bent that way. I mean, we could have been stuck in the kind of hell that Laurel Labs has put in with the punks right now. Having two versions and not knowing who owns rights, if anyone. I scrubbed their site. There's not a word of rights anywhere about the punks all you get are these statements these implied things and look i get it it was early days that's one thing that came out in that twitter spaces no one thought about media rights in 2017 right Mm -hmm. but we all know once the punks became a cultural icon those devs started to think about media rights aka their right to sell the media and that's okay that's why we're in the space it's okay for people to have successes out of things i hate people get up when they get angry or they push back whenever others have success in the space. We should all going to make it. We should all be on every, each other's boat. Success but. is not mutually exclusive. We can both succeed simultaneously. There does not have to be bag holders. But we need to do it right. And Correct. it needs to be where the people who have the NFTs are actually have something. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I, I think is really going to help this space is if this application and utility of these NFTs are actualized on. I want to see more TV shows with NFTs in them where the rights holder get paid. I want to see maybe one day a game where instead of you plugging in your NFT and putting all your bags on just to be maybe part of it and see your NFT jiggle on the screen or something where like a real dev or something does it and then gives you royalties off of it. Like this is the kind of thing that can happen that will make 
people that are skeptical about NFTs less skeptical. So I want to see more pivot in that direction. Unfortunately, I just don't know if it's going to happen. I mean, uh, more and more I'm starting to see projects that kind of have what I call FU media rights, where you start reading it and it's like, you know, you only get personal rights. Oh, and by the way, we define what personal rights are. And oh, by the way, it's like, no, 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 I'm out. Right. And I really hope that the the uh, you especially see it around the play to earn games PDE. for some reason. I was gonna yeah. say honestly, I think it's the playable games, and I don't know if it's because they don't know where the game's gonna go. But I was gonna ask you if you thought that was just because of the current fad of NFTs we're in. We're not really in the PFP as much as we are the PDE. P2E. I think part of it is is they think they need the rights to the thing in order to like for distribution and that sort of thing. But you know what the real answer is, Jeremy? They don't. It's just was harder. They just would have to, like, track down who owns fractional interest or something. They just don't want to do it. Why? They're just trying to make money, rug someone. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm That's me being skeptical. Maybe not all PDE game things are like that. But I, I really think that when I hear that justification that they're just trying to protect the ecosystem or give themselves distribution rights or something like that, that's the exact kind of thing why gamers on the enthusiast side, like, like quote-unquote gamers, don't trust NFTs. And, right. and, and and don't buy the Ubisoft NFT because they know it's going to be worthless. Utility is going to be worthless, you know, mm-hmm. and it's worthless because in the rights right there, it says no F you. I get to decide what the rights are. It's only going to work if the people get to decide what the rights are. Really, it's only going to work if I can take that Ubisoft NFT and go play it in a completely different game that they don't profit off of. Sure. That's the moment when it works. And Ubisoft doesn't want that. And these people that are popping out these play to earn games don't want that because they want to capture as much of the upside as the effort they're putting in as possible. And quite frankly, that's probably why gaming and NFTs is not going to make it until we see some real pivoting there. Um, so I don't know. I don't want to rant about it. You know me. I don't like to be negative all the time. But uh, hey. th- th- I, I think that's your right. The play to earn places where the rights aren't right. But there's so many projects that are not trying to take that extra step doing things like staking, doing things like, you know, utility tokenomics that are giving you something back. I mean, even if it's just, you know, cute art airdrops that's great you know as long as yeah. you're getting something back from these projects that makes you want to go forward then and, and makes you want to be part of that community then you want to actualize on it. one last thing i want to say about media rights is that one thing i've become more and more uh aware of as i've kind of had this discovery around media rights and nfts is so the 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 MFers, right? Blown up recently. Huge. Everyone's talking about that. Big item, right? We talked about it a little bit on the last show. It's even blown up more since the last oh, show. Oh, yeah. More and more. Uh, and it's still controversial. I've seen some. I just saw a tweet today that was like, the world won't take us seriously as long as a stick figure is worth six ETH or whatever. And it's like, no, that's wrong. The world's wrong. You know, like the mm-hmm. world didn't take Jackson Pollock seriously, whatever. But aren't hieroglyphic <laughs> stick figures? Yeah. Ooh, dunk. There we go. I like that. Uh, but anyway, I think a big part of the reason why that, that project blew up is because it is a Creative Commons license. You can meme about that project and do things without, you know, any kind of worry. Really, honestly, we live in a culture where we're not actually worried about it. We'll grab copyright images all the time and meme the crap out of them. And we kind of have, we don't, there's not an enforcement in place that actually gives utility. And I think that's part of the problem that actually gives utility to say a kind of commercial use license versus a creative commons license or something like that. But if you're taking this space seriously, it does matter whenever. So whenever the hexagon came out, you know, I first tried to do the moon cat, my favorite moon cat. 
favorite his feet off. ever. Chopped his foot off. Yeah, Man. I can't do that. <laughs> no, and and and, and Paul's told me about how there's accessory in the in the store, and there's going to be more coming around that. And so, so maybe girl, one day we'll do something for you. But I couldn't handle that, so I went on to Cryptodes and. I, I've, I've flipped around to one that I kind of was vibing with more than the one I've been sitting on the whole time. And uh, he just perfectly fits the hexagon, <laughs> like his little hair or something for some reason, just like perfectly fits it, you know. And that's the kind of thing that I'm not worried about the story that we did earlier in the podcast about that other toad. Right. Like right. whoever got that, you got your let that legacy along with it good deal Congrats. right you know what i'm saying like yeah uh because it's creative commons you have the ability to get liquidity and continue to create and if you have any ambitions to do something commercial in the space the ability to to create and not have to worry about you know sitting on things in the wallet and you know and and and, and what that means if you need that liquid that sort of thing i think that that's an excellent deal or just the fact Let's just be honest. I can't afford like a dozen cryptos or something, but I can probably write a dozen stories if I keep flipping or something. Everyone's Creative Commons, right? So mm-hmm. I, I want to see more around Creative Commons. I like seeing MFers or whatever uh, pumping, and that's a big part of the pump is the meme and the licensing around it and people having that conversation. Um, I really think that uh, Gremplin was a innovator in the space to push that licensing model. And I'd like to see it more. Um, the answer from the Mooncat dev was is that they preferred a model that for sure protected the holders. And I do respect that side of it. All right. Speaking of us, me and Jeremy going to take a break real quick. And then when we come back, we got something fun for you. Talking about Mooncats. I'm excited about this one. So let's do it. Okay, let me have your attention for a moment. What are you talking about? Talking about you're bitching about that mint you miss? Some son of a bitch who flooded your bags? Somebody doesn't appreciate historical NFTs? Some broad you're trying to rug and so forth? Let's talk about something important. Are they all here? All but one. Well, I'm going anyway. Let's talk about something important. Hey, put that Mooncat accessory down. NFT accessories are for those with liquidity only. Do you think I'm fucking with you? I am not fucking with you. I'm here from the open sea. I'm here from JPEG Enthusiast International. And I'm here on a mission of mercy. Your name's Larry? Yeah, Larry the Mooncat. You call yourself a Mooncat, you son of a bitch? I don't have to listen to this shit. I'm part of the first generative NFT project just like you. You certainly don't, pal. Because the good news is you're rugged. The bad news is, is that's all you've got. All you've got is just one week to regain your Discord status starting tonight. Starting with tonight's sit. Oh, have I got your attention now? Good. Because we're adding a little extra something to this month's Discord contest. As you know, the first prize is a white spot for the next blue chip derivative. Anyone want to see the second prize? Second prize is a set of loot prints. Third prize? Third prize is your bags get rugged. You get the picture? You're laughing now? You've got OpenSea's rankings open in front of you. JPEG Enthusiast International paid Nate good money to get our projects on the front page of OpenSea. Mint derivative projects 
and sell them. You can't get above a one eighth floor. You can't close shit. You are shit. Hit the bricks, pal, and beat it because you are getting out of this industry. You're not going to make it. But NFT buyers don't appreciate history. <laughs> NFT buyers don't appreciate history? Fucking buyers don't appreciate history? You don't appreciate history. My bag has a Bay Area Yacht Club in it, so I fucking know what I'm talking about. I've minted many successful projects this year, and you have none. Yeah, what's your name? Fuck you, that's my name. You know why, Mooncat? Because you drove a three-bay cruiser to get here tonight, and I drove a five-bay mech. That's my name. And your name is? You're wanting. And you can't keep up in the NFT game. You can't rug them. You can't get above a one-eighth floor. And you go home and you tell your little community your troubles. Because only one thing counts in this life. Get them to sign off on the MetaMask approval where we take their money. You hear me, you fucking felines? A, B, C, A, always. B, B, C, copying. Always be copying. Always be copying. Derivatives sell. A, I, D, A. Access, influencers, discord, action, access. Who has access to your whitelist? Influencers. Have you paid off an influencer to pump the project? I know that you know about that because it's pump or walk. You mint out or you hit the bricks. Discord. Have you made your Discord exclusive? An action. AIDA. Get out there. You've got normies coming in. You think they came here for the art? A guy doesn't click on OpenSea unless he wants to buy. Sitting out there, wanting to give you their ETH. Are you going to take it? Are you cat enough to take it? Hey, what's the problem, pal? You, Larry, what's your question? You're such a hero, and you're worth so much, Mr. Character Cat. Why are you coming down here and wasting your time on a bunch of floor cats? You see this ape doodle mf'er? You see this derivative? Yeah. That derivative's floor is now worth more than your entire bag. I made 970 ETH last year. How much you make? You see, pal, that's who I am. And you're nothing. Nice cat? I don't give a shit. Good developer? Fuck you. Go to Silicon Valley where they care about quality development. You want to work in NFTs? Rug. You think this is abuse? You think this is abuse, you cat sucker? You can't take this. How can you take the abuse and then get on a Twitter spaces? You don't like it? Go hide yourself in your wallet. I can go out there tonight with the bag you've got and flip that into 15 ETH. Tonight. In two hours. Can you? Can you go do likewise? A, B, C. Always be copying. Get mad. Get mad, you sons of bitches. Get mad. You know what it takes to mint out NFTs? It takes influencer shills to sell NFTs. And they won't even answer your DMs if you paid them. So follow my lead and do likewise, gents. The ETH's out there. You put it in your wallet and it's yours. You don't? I have no sympathy for you. You want to go out on those Twitter spaces tonight and FUD? And then FUD. It's yours. If not, you're going to be shining my mech. And you know what you're going to be saying? Bunch of losers sitting around a bar. Oh, yeah, I used to be in NFTs. It's a tough racket. These are the new OpenSea accounts. These are the fresh audience. And to you, they're gold. And you don't get to know about them. Why? 
because to give them to you is just throwing them away. They are for ruggers. I wish you luck, but you wouldn't know what to do with it if you got it. And to answer your question, Larry, why am I here? I came here because JPEG Enthusiast International asked me to. They asked me for a favor. You know what I said? The real favor is follow my advice and hide your fucking NFT because a loser is a loser. Okay, Jeremy, that was a lot of fun. Thanks for doing that with me. Uh, So I hope you all enjoyed that. Kind of the plan for this year is I'm pivoting my Web3 focus. Um, I'm not going to stop doing serious stories, but let's try to do some more fun. Let's try to do some more parody. Let's kind of have some fun with it. Um, I I, I hope you Mooncat MFers really appreciated that. And so uh, before we go out, Jeremy, is there anything else you want to talk about? You know, I'd like to summarize a point and not get too much into the details, but I'm always trying to look for the silver lining. So, you know, regardless of the actual cause for the demonstrations, I did like that the Canadian government got a big, you know, basically an FU from the crypto world when it was asked to shut down financial transactions or records and and freeze Ether and in, in people's wallets. So um, although I'm not versed and don't want to get into the politics of things, I, I think it does show that it's nice that cryptocurrency can avoid some real world problems of an overreaching government. Well, what I think it really shows, and especially in this space, the NFT space, we're kind of abstracted away from the blockchains a little bit. I mean, you get on OpenSea and you might as well be buying shit off Amazon or eBay or something the way that it's so easy and we approach it and all that. Mm-hmm. But it shows at the end of the day, decentralization matters. It does. It really matters. And I'm sorry, I'm never going to sit there and sign off on some layer one that like that can send me an email that it's going to show. I mean, I'll sign off on it in limited, uh, you know, applications and all that stuff. But you're not replacing ETH if you can't be as decentralized as ETH or Bitcoin or anything close to that, you know. And as we move forward into this space, I think we're going to have more and more examples, whether it's that. Whether it's stuff like the punks try to take off the, you know, off the open sea and they can, because they're tokening be listed elsewhere. I think we're going to see a lot more examples where what's technically possible outstrips what's legally possible or what people want to be possible. And in some cases, that's a bad thing. You know, it would be kind of nice if people that got rugged could have some sort of restitution. Mm-hmm. But whenever it's the government and these big entities that are trying to rug us, these corporations trying to rug us, it's nice to know that we're at least on an even playing field. So that, I think that's a good point. Well, made, Jeremy, I mean, I, that's definitely a good thing to take us out on. So thank you all again very much for jumping on. Thank you all for whoever jumped on the Twitter space and be part of the podcast. We've got some cool new stuff coming up in these next couple of weeks. I'm really excited about it. So make sure you all stay tuned in. Me and Jeremy will be here every single week talking about our favorite NFTs. You can find me at Poofy Hair Guy. I'm the stupid frog. What about you, Jeremy? At Mr. Jerk Dake. I got a honey right now. Hex. Ooh, out. honey. Okay. There we go. So I'll talk to you all next week. Bye, guys. Adios.